you're tuning in to New Life Vietnam. Today's year-end message by Pastor Eric Dooley is Emmanuel, God with us. For us is uh, the uh, Bible reading plan that is mixed between Old and New Testament because some of you, you know, every year you go uh, from Old Testament and in a chronological way or canonical way. Uh, that sometimes you get stuck in the Old Testament, so I just want to uh, offer one more option. You can, uh, you can try that as well. Um, but today, uh, this morning, is the last Sunday of the year 2020, and uh, I have a privilege to introduce you uh, the founder and the former of New Life Fellowship Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, he was my pastor, and uh, he uh, is my friend. And he is uh, Dr. Eric Dooley, uh, and he's uh, doing the clinical counseling uh, with uh, his wife, Jenny Dooley, uh, in uh, Geek Harbor um, in, in, uh, in uh, Washington. And uh, it's called, also called New Light uh, Counseling uh, Center. Uh, Eric, are you here? I just try to... Uh, okay, uh, can uh, you put the screen on? Uh, okay, here's Dr. Eric Dooley, and uh, he, I'm here today because of, uh, of his love for the Lord and uh, responding to the call to Southeast Asia and to Vietnam. Uh, no by us here, but he spent uh, the longest time in uh, Southeast Asia in Vietnam, and, uh, and uh, we love him so much. Last year, I have an opportunity to visit him and spend a good time with him, and he is uh, is my best friend. And uh, uh, I think uh, Christmas in U.S. I think uh, uh, it's a busy time, also a good time of uh, a family reunion. And uh, I think he's doing well; he's feeling good. And so I want you to help me to welcome Dr. Eric Dooley this morning. Over to you, Eric. us not god far away from us not god distance or god unknown or god trying to hide from us but god with us the uh new international version uses this phrase it says remain in you and i will 
remain in me and I will remain in you. Uh, other translations say abide in me or stay in me or live in me. And that's an invitation to us that's very important. And I think that at this time of year and throughout every day of the year, that um, the, the idea is this, to stay or remain or abide is kind of a, an invitation to a permanent and an ongoing connection. Pastor Lop and Hua and Lum came and visited us in Gig Harbor uh, last year, whenever it was, and they visited, they didn't stay. They came, they were with us for a while, and then they left. Jenny lives in my house. She abides here. She stays here. She lives here. She's with me all the time. And so this wonderful invitation we have from Jesus is not that he's going to visit us and that we can visit him, this temporary kind of thing that, that comes and goes, but more in the sense that um, Jenny is here with me and she stays with me. This is the invitation of Jesus that we can stay with him, abide in him. And when he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah, the good news about this is we do not have to be apart from Jesus. So we're going to look today at this wonderful thing, Emmanuel, God with us. Sometimes I, I think that it, we end up feeling like um, it's hard to know God. Um, am I really hearing his voice? Am I really discerning his will? Am I really following his direction? Um, I have to work really hard to discern his will. Um, this is something difficult, but I, I wonder, is it really? Is it really that difficult to, to know him and to know his voice and to abide in him? Or is it possible that God is all around us and with us in a very deep way, and sometimes we merely fail to recognize him? And I think that when we look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, when it says his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us, then we have to understand if we're not perceiving the presence of God, it doesn't mean that God's not there. I think very simply in the book of Genesis, to me it's striking when it says God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. Here he formed Adam out of the dust, and he breathed into him the very breath of life. I want you to consider that as I've been talking today, each one of you have been breathing in a breath of life somewhere between 12 and 17 times per minute. We take that for granted. We assume that we're going to draw our next breath such that we don't even think about it. And yet I believe that when Scripture says he breathed into Adam the breath of life, that was the first breath, but God's continually bringing, breathing breath into us. That God didn't just create Adam, create man, and then go far away into heaven and leave him alone, kind of like you wind up a clock and it just runs on its own. I don't think that God's work with us on planet Earth is just winding up the universe and being distant from us. But that as Adam had the very breath of God in his lungs, I believe that God is breathing into us, into our nostrils, the very breath of his life. I'll put it this way. God did not come all the way from heaven to earth and die on a cross to reconcile us to himself, only to play a game of cosmic or universal hide and seek hide-and-seek. Um, I played this game as I was a boy. I think it's fairly 
universal that when you're little kids, you get a bunch of you together. Some of you go hide someplace and one person counts, whether it's to 10 or to 30, and then they go find him. Well, when I was a small boy, um, we lived on the Oregon coast, a little beach town called Tillamook. And my dad was a school teacher. My mom was a pharmacist. And my mom must have been working one night because I can remember being home alone with my dad and my two brothers. And I was probably not more than four or five years old. And what I remember is that in the midst of this game, it was my dad's turn to go hide. And we couldn't find him anywhere. We looked and we looked and we looked. We couldn't find him. And uh, finally, we went out into the garage. Um, there was no car there. My mom had taken it to work. But I remember my dad had climbed inside of four car tires, rubber tires that were stacked up. And, and he hid in there. We couldn't find him. And then we saw where he was. And I remember being a little bit upset and saying, you, we looked all over the house. You went outside. And he said, I wouldn't have gone outside and left you alone. And God, in the same way, he doesn't go and leave us alone. And even though there are times that we may not fully perceive or recognize his presence with us, even as that little boy, I didn't recognize or perceive my dad's presence with us in the garage, he was there. A little tradition we have in the States is this thing called the nutcracker. I guess you put a nut in its mouth and then you, you pull down on this little thing and it cracks the nut. And I don't know why this is an American tradition. I think it comes from the, the ballet called the nutcracker. Well, I was on a, uh, whether it was a Zoom call or Skype call or WhatsApp call or uh, FaceTime, whatever it was with my little granddaughters um, about 10 days ago. And so my daughter, Emily, who lives in Florida with her husband, Kyle, uh, they have our two granddaughters, Penelope's about four and Hermione's about two. And so last year, Hermione and Penelope were here at our house for Christmas. And so we have these little decoration pieces setting on the mantle in our house over the fireplace. And the girls really enjoyed these and liked to play with them. And so I was calling them up the other day and I did kind of like this. I'm going to do with you what I did with them. I moved out of the picture and I went, hello, Emily. Hello, Hermione. Nice to see you. Merry Christmas. I hope you're doing well. How are you today? And then I saw Penelope and heard her. She looks at her mom and she says, that's my grandpa. So though she was looking at this, right, she knew that she was hearing her grandpa. She wasn't confused thinking, you know, where's, where's grandpa? I'm hearing from this guy. She knew that was her grandpa's voice. And it really reminds us of the fact that um, Jesus said in John chapter 10, 27, my sheep know my voice, my, my sheep hear my voice. And it occurs to me that um, even today, as I was watching praise and worship, and I had Jenny come over and Ian come over and look at Susan and, and uh, Jojo and the music group. And, you know, I, I know that that's Susan singing Obviously, I know that's Susan, but every time Susan leads praise and worship, I hear the voice of God. I look at the, the glorious gifting and the grace and the um, compassion that comes through Susan. And I haven't seen Susan in a year or two. It's been, I don't know, months since uh, I spoke with you guys last time and would have seen her um, leading praise and worship at that time. And, and yet, once again, today as I see her, it's like my granddaughter's looking at the nutcracker. They know 
But they know that's grandpa. And in the same way, um, even watching Susan lead praise and worship, I hear the voice of God in that. And some of you even today, you know that you're looking at the screen and you're seeing Pastor Eric. But you know that somewhere in there, it's more than Pastor Eric. You know that you're hearing the Spirit of God speaking to you. You're not confused. You know that Eric's not God. But you do know that the Holy Spirit lives in Pastor Eric and that there are words that are said that that you recognize as being from God. John chapter 14 and verse 8. Philip said something interesting to Jesus. He said, show us the Father. Just show us the Father and that will be enough for us. He's saying this to Jesus. We want to see God. Show us the Father. Jesus' response is really instructive to us today. He said, don't you know me, Philip, after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Here's my point. He says, don't you know me, Philip, even though I've been among you such a long time? How long had Jesus been with Philip? Three years? I remember when I first came to know Jesus in 1980, uh, 1979, and those first few years, it was like, you know, how do you know God? You know, how do I get to know him more? And learning about basic spiritual practices of worship or prayer or Bible reading. Uh, but I was still confused. Hear God, what does that mean? Do I, do I hear an audible voice? Do I see an angel? Do I have a dream? Does somebody have a prophetic word? You know, what, what does this mean? And as, as years went by, um, I think that probably even the first, uh, first 10 years as I was getting to know Jesus, sometimes I had this sense of I really, really want to know him. You know, when am I going to hear him more clearly? And then it occurs to me, uh, I, I would guess, I don't know, but I would guess that most of the people listening to me right now, you've known Jesus for more than three years. And he said to Philip, have you known me for so long? And, and you still don't know that this is the Father. And again, it occurs to me that I think sometimes we make knowing God, knowing Jesus more difficult than it is, or sometimes we simply fail to recognize him. Because I talk to people that have certainly known him more than three years or a decade or three decades or longer. And sometimes it it's like, wow, it's, this is, you know, when am I really going to know God? And if Jesus said to Philip, I've been with you for a long time, are you, you're still not clear on this? And Philip should have been clear. And I believe that it's not a rebuke in a harsh way to us, but an encouragement in an exciting and realistic way to us. God's here. God's with us. God's knowable. Can we open our ears? Can we open our eyes? Can we recognize? No, it's it's not the, uh, you know, the, the nutcracker. It, it's grandpa. No, it's not. Susan or Pastor Eric, that there's something about the Spirit of God there, that even in the very breath that we breathe, that it's filled with the presence of God. I think of when we look at natural beauty, whether it is the the, the stars at night or the rain as it pours down, a sunrise, a sunset, the wind as it blows— to recognize the awesomeness, the power, the presence of God. 
in music that we listen to, whether it's uplifting music, um, again, Christmas time, in my tradition anyway, many of us listen to Handel's The Messiah and, and the soaring voices and the music, or even the, the praise and worship songs that we sing. Um, those other Christians that we're in contact with, do we notice God in, in a hug, in a smile, in, in a handshake back in the days when we were shaking hands pre-COVID? Um, do we notice the presence of God amongst us? I think that we're in good company because as we look at scriptures, many of Jesus's disciples we see didn't really recognize him either. And so if there's times in our life that we're not recognizing him, I don't think it's a shameful rebuke of us. I think that it's an encouraging comfort to know that his disciples found themselves sometimes in the same situation we do. When our heart's desire is to know God, and yet we wonder, where is he? Matthew chapter 14, 28, story that you will remember. Peter and the disciples were out on a boat, um, and Jesus came walking to them on the water. And Peter says this, because the, the disciples were saying it's a ghost, Okay, so they saw him, but they didn't recognize him, right? Peter said, Lord, if it's you, that indicates uncertainty. Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And you know the rest of that story. But the point is, here was this uncertainty in a follower of Jesus. Peter, is, is that you? And that encourages me that, yeah, there's times in my life that there may be a bit of uncertainty about what God is doing or what God is saying, but it doesn't mean that I have no faith or that God has abandoned me or that I'm not a, a strong enough believer it seems to be that this is, is kind of a, a common thing for followers of Jesus. John chapter 21 and verse 7, the same kind of thing happens where this is after the resurrection. And Peter says to the disciples, I'm going fishing. And the disciples say, we're going with you. And they got into a boat and they pushed out. Jesus comes walking up on the shore, and he calls out to them, have you caught any fish? Which indicates that they're close enough to hear his voice. Have you caught any fish? And they say, no, we haven't caught any. And he says, throw your, your net on the other side of the boat. Now, this is the second time in Jesus' ministry that this has happened. Early on, in Jesus's ministry, the disciples were fishing, and they brought their boats to shore. And Jesus had said, hey, I'm going to get into your boat, push out a little bit, you know, so I can speak to the crowds. And after that, he said, hey, push out and throw your nets into the deep for a catch. And Peter says, you don't get it. We fished all night. We've caught nothing. And they said, but nevertheless, at your word, we'll do that. And when they brought up that great catch of fish, Peter realizes who he's dealing with, and he's overcome by embarrassment, guilt, and shame. And he says, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus at that time said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Okay, So now there's this second time or this very similar scene occurs, but this is after the resurrection. And Peter says, I'm going fishing. The disciples say, we're going fishing with you. And so they have the boat out there. Jesus comes and he calls from the shore, do you have any fish? And they say, no. And he says, throw the net on the other side of the boat. 
And they must have had a memory of this. I don't know. But they threw the net on the other side of the, the boat. And then they bring it into the boat. And it says it was breaking. And at that point, this is fascinating. At that point, John says to Peter, it is the Lord. And at that point, Peter jumps into the water, goes swimming to shore. And, you know, the rest of that, Jesus makes him fish for breakfast on the shore. But the interesting thing is this. Think about this. Think about the reality of this situation. They're close enough to hear his voice. And they're close enough, I presume, to see him, but they did not know him. And John has to say, it is the Lord. He's in their midst. He's with them, and yet they didn't recognize it. Again, I don't think that these are big rebuke-filled scriptures. I think they're fascinating in illustrating and illuminating our humanity about sometimes our failure to recognize that he who promised to be in our midst and with us, he's with us. He came to be Emmanuel, God, with us. He says, abide in me and I in you. You can't do anything apart from me. We're not apart from him. He's God with us. John chapter 20, verses 15 and 16, Mary had come to the tomb after Jesus had been crucified. She comes on that Sunday morning, and she thought that Jesus was the gardener. Jesus says, who is it you're looking for? She didn't recognize him. And then he says, Mary. And at that point, he recognizes her and says, Rabboni, teacher. So again, this, this instance when Jesus was right with a disciple, Mary, she didn't recognize him. That didn't mean he was not there. Another very interesting passage of Scripture is Luke 24, verses 13 through 32, but especially verses 31 and 32. What's happened is this, is Luke's account of what happened after the resurrection. This is the some disciples um, on the road to Emmaus, and they're walking along, and Jesus comes up, and it says, but he was hidden from them. I don't know how that works. Uh, don't try and figure out how it works. I just know that Jesus was there with them, and they didn't recognize him. And they're walking along, and Jesus says, what are you talking about? And they said, you're the only person that hasn't heard? And he said, heard what? And so they start telling about Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet mighty in God, and uh, who's been crucified, and disciples went to the tomb and didn't find him there. And it says Jesus would have gone on, but they asked him to stay with him. And he did that. And then he started breaking bread and says it was in the breaking of the bread that their eyes were opened. And it says then he disappeared from their sight. And they said, weren't our hearts burning within us? I believe there's times we have to recognize that you know, our hearts burn within us because of the presence of God. And we might not fully recognize sometimes in the moment, you know, what was that? Was it, was it because I was reading the Bible? Was it somebody was preaching? Was it someone was just sharing their heart? Was it a hug from a loved one? Was it a letter, an email, a FaceTime call from someone? Was it the power of God that you heard in that thunderclap as the lightning was shining from, from heaven to earth? Um, was it in, in the, the rushing of the wind? Was it in the power of the waves at the beach? 
where are the times and places that God's presence is in our life? Moses had a very similar experience, and this goes back to the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verses 18 to 23. I'm not going to read them. I just reference them. And what's happening here is that Moses says to God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And God says, you can't see my face. No one will see my face and live. Now, again, this is before God was incarnate as the Lord Jesus. But he says, you can't see my face. And then in verse 27, God says, but there's a place by me in the cleft of this rock. And I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. And I'll put my hand over you. And I'll pass by. And then you can see my back. But my face you will not see. Sometimes I wonder how good we are, even at recognizing God's back. When I'm in a crowd of people, and I'm there with my wife or my kids, I can recognize their back. I can recognize them from a side. I can recognize them from any angle. I don't have to see their face. I can recognize their back. And I wonder how good we are at seeking God's face, sometimes recognizing his back, or simply recognizing his presence amongst us. The Apostle Paul says to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, it says, For now we see as in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now, that's how the NIV says it. Now we see in a mirror dimly. Uh, different translations in English, I think, capture this a little bit better. Um, sometimes they say, now we see as through a glass, darkly. And so you could even think about, you know, I have glasses on today. And so if I had on sunglasses, um, I'd be seeing through a glass darkly, and especially um, though we usually put on sunglasses so we'll be able to see better, right? Um, there's also a sense in which if I'm in a relatively normally lit room, okay, because we, we put on sunglasses because it's too bright, right? But if I was in this normally lit room today and I was looking through sunglasses, I'd be looking through a glass darkly and I'd still be seeing I'd still be seeing the same objects and people that are in the room. Nothing's changed because this, the objects that are in here, the, you know, my, my little um, nutcracker's still there. <laughs> my son's over there. Jenny's over there. Nothing's changed. Nothing's been added to the room or taken away. I would just be seeing as through a glass darkly. And so Scripture says, now we see but through a glass darkly. Then we'll see face to face. So again, this idea that he is Emmanuel, God with us, even if sometimes we're just seeing his back, or even sometimes we're seeing through a glass darkly, or sometimes he's there and as Mary at the, the tomb, we don't recognize him as the disciples Peter saying, Lord, is that you? John saying, it's the Lord. The disciples on the road to Emmaus, they were right with him, and they didn't fully recognize that. Well, the good news is 1 John, verse 3, 2 says, When Christ appears, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. 
the day is coming and the promise is that there will be a bodily return of Jesus Christ to this earth to redeem his own. And we will see him. We will see him face to face. We will know him and recognize him when we see him face to face. But I want to encourage us today that what we celebrate this Christmas season is that God didn't just remain far away from us in heaven. And he does say, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Sometimes I think we're a little too hard on ourselves saying, well, I've sought him, but I don't think I found him. Maybe I haven't searched with all my heart. I would encourage you you to give yourself a little bit more credit than that. I would encourage you, you to be a little bit more gentle with yourself than that. You see, it's not in the heart of man to seek God at all. Natural man has turned his back on God. It's God in his grace that has touched your heart so that you had any interest in him at all. From my perspective, I started to come to know God in 1979 and uh, really opened my life to him in, uh, in February 1980. But that's not God's perspective. God knew me before I was born. And he was watching on, on the day I was conceived. On the day I was born, he was there. And throughout those 20 years, even though because I was raised in a Christian family, we went to church, I didn't really know God. That doesn't mean he didn't know me. He did. He was watching over me. He was caring for me. And then he started touching my heart in a unique way, and I responded to that um, when I was my first year of university. But he was always with me. Before that, he's been with me since that. And I believe that he would say, you know, Eric, have I been with you for so long and you still don't know me and you still don't recognize me? And I can't beat up on myself and say, oh, it's because I wasn't searching for you with all my heart. All the heart that I know, I do seek for God. And so the times I go, but I'm not finding him. I'm not finding him. Where is he? I have to reconsider. Is God hiding no, it cannot be. And so could it be that I'm simply not recognizing? What an exciting thing. What, what an exciting, awesome concept it is that, yes, he is with me with every breath that I take. It wasn't just the breath of life he breathed into Adam. The breath that I breathe right now is because God Almighty is breathing life into me with every heart, beat of my heart, with every sound that I hear. And there are people that I come across. I, I see the presence of Jesus in love. I experience the presence of God when I'm with William or Carolyn Lee from Singapore. From with Song and Barbara Chua, these different friends that I have. He is indeed Emmanuel, God with us. And I want you to rejoice in that today. And I encourage you to, metaphorically speaking, open your eyes a little bit wider to know and to see and perceive and recognize where Jesus is in your life today. May he bless you deeply in this coming year. I pray that you would all be in good health and safe. I pray that this next year you would be able to uh, be able to gather 
more with family and loved ones. I pray that the financial conditions that have um, been due to COVID, if those affected you, that um, that this next year would, would bring a change in that. Uh, I think that you are all heroes for being God's representatives in Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, I pray that his blessing is on you in, in just a wonderful and a rich way. I exhort and encourage you, love your, your pastor, love the people that are serving in your midst, um, love one another, because we know for sure when there's two or three of you gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be with you. And do know that we wish you a, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and we keep you in our hearts and prayers. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, um, Pastor Eric. Uh, and uh, we uh, continue to... Uh, uh, lift you up for um, what the Lord has been doing uh, in and through your life. Thank you so much for the word. And uh, again, we uh, also wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, our love to uh, Jenny uh, Dooley and the whole family. And uh, we thank you so much. And we look forward uh, to hear maybe opportunity to hear from uh, you again. Thank you so much, Eric. Um, we're going to have about... Uh, uh, five minutes of reflection right now. So thank you, Eric. I'll see you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, as uh, we're going to have about five minutes reflection, and I just kind of uh, want to share you uh, with you a little bit about, uh, you know, some kind of reflection that I hear uh, Pastor Eric share with us. Uh, our ministry team um, just uh, spent uh, two days in Dalat and uh, on a Christmas Eve and uh, Christmas Day. It was a wonderful time, and um, and as I hear uh, uh, Pastor Eric share um, about God present, and it is true, it is true that when you gather together and in His name, what regardless of what activity, I'm not talking about a sinful activity, or regardless of what activity you do, whether you're eating, you're walking, you're resting, you're having coffee, in a way you feel a sense of God present there. Yes, you are talking to a, a human being, flesh and blood, but because God, Emmanuel, is in that person, is in me and in others, so you, you, you definitely sense God present there. Now, I feel just for those of you who feel lonely, especially Christmas, you're away from home. And I, I hope and I pray that this church should be home to you. Uh, but I cannot force you to make this church home. You have to make this church home. Uh, if you feel, you know, the church is not so close to you, or you feel that me as a pastor not so close to you, I mean, I try my best to see he is speaking God's word. And as Eric just shared that, you know, sometimes uh, uh, that I'm speaking, but not always just me. It has the word of God and has the spirit of the Lord. And I also, uh, we create so many so-called um, uh, structure or the opportunity for you to feel and sense God's presence. Meaning after the church service, there will be some refreshment. It's just not about food, it's not about eating, um, but it's just a time that you can begin to sense God present. Of course, through praise and worship, to uh, the ministry of the Word, speaking, to fellowship. Some of you, uh, maybe because I know, maybe one week you're busy, other, but sometimes you rob yourself, God present, by running away to do other to-do lists on Sunday. I mean, you know how to plan it. You know, so plan a day that really can be soaked in and immersed into God present. Don't don't just take uh, an appetizer of God's words or food and then run away and skip the main course. Uh, you won't do that if you pay for the buffet or any meal. 
But sometimes Christians, we feel that they, they just, you know, skip other parts. During the weeks, we have small group. I'm, I'm sharing that, you know, next year I hope that you will make time for the small group. It nev- you will never have time unless you make time. A small group that we try to help you to send God present. Maybe during the week you're down. Maybe during the week that you feel lonely. There is a small group for you. A life net we call. That we, the idea there is throwing the net is together. There will be a men's meeting. There will be a ladies' meeting. There will be one heart those who are single that want to meet. It is, it is not there just for the sake of, of just a program. It is there for you and me. So as, as I'm speaking here, you know, I see your face, you see my face, those are online. But as you, he, uh, uh, Pastor Eric is right, even I turn my back, you still be able to recognize me. So I, uh, on, uh, on the Christmas day, we have a little bit of tracking, you know, we go to see the lonely pine tree in Dalat, if some of you know. Uh, and then we have a group, we're tracking, and I sent God present because we see the nature. Some can have a bit more energy, walk faster, other walk back slower, but we do together. And, and, and as, as, uh, I mean, as uh, uh, people who lead the group, I also worry about the last person. I also say if they know how to go on the first person, but I cannot even be in between. And, and sometimes I have to go up uh, front, sometimes I go back and make sure everybody is going together. As there's a certain point that we're about to see the tree already. In order to reach a certain, certain destination, you need to see it first. Right? You need to have a vision, begin to see kind of a lonely pine tree there. I point to them, this is, this is kind of, you see, at least you give the direction. And yet I, I, I gave an instruction that, you know, try to keep left and try to keep go on this way. And there's some people either they're not hearing me, they did not hear me, or they hurt me, but they don't trust me, or they think they can do better. So they, had, they, they took off and they have the, uh, uh, maybe about three of them took off and then, after that, they got lost. But the reason that sometimes I, I'm not a good, uh, you know, a shepherd, that I don't leave the 99 and go look for one, because I know they're still there. At least I know the region is safe. I know there's a majority of them can swim, so I'm okay. So if, if it's a baby, probably I run, you know, frantically, you know. But I know they can manage it. So I just have a wait there and enjoy my time with the 99, the rest of us who follow each other. And then finally one of them came back to the fold and the other two still looking for the way. And uh, not to embarrass, I'm now not naming it, you, you know who you are. And then I just, you know, wait for them and they came out and then finally we're together. I mean, in that way, in even a short uh, so-called lostness or disconnection, I know God's presence is there because I know the parameter. I know, I know what it's all about. They cannot just fly to Hanoi because it's just, just there. And so if, the, if things get dark, I mean, the weather, I may probably look for them, right? And so uh, I feel that sometimes even in our daily mundane routine or activity as you are going to have Monday, some of you have to work on Monday, I, I pray and I hope that God's presence is still even in the mundane things that you do, whether washing a dishes for those in your household, whether serve a cup of coffee, or whether even you admit that you are lost. There is God present there. Uh, you might not see God's face, but the beauty that you, if you hear God's voice, even the back. I mean, Pastor Eric said that how good are we in seeing God's back, even God's back. And that's already showed the, the prox, prox, proximity, the closeness, the in, in intimacy. You hear His voice. So I want to encourage you as we journey into uh, sailing into 2021. And I just uh, talked to uh, my son this morning. As I sat down, he said that, you know, uh, Dad, is that this year gone by so fast? I said, yes, but I feel like I'm sailing. Because the wind's so strong, but it pushed the boat, you know, sail at a fast speed. But yet we are ushering and entering into 2021. And my hope that the message of Dr. Eric Dooley, my pastor, Pastor Eric Dooley, um, will be encouraging you. So um, I think because I just want to share something, connection, and we just spent a couple minutes and reflect on this. This is the last Sunday 
of the year. And I hope that what I share and uh, Pastor Eric share are going to be a source of encouragement for you. Let's just spend a couple minutes. Lord Jesus, you are the God 
that with us you are Emmanuel. And Lord, even 2,000 years ago, the disciple uh, spent time with you, and in the case of Philip's three years or so, and perhaps in our own sinfulness, we are like Philip's. Sometimes we did not recognize you. We did not recognize you in even the mundane thing. We so-call mundane thing, but this is the things that you have entrusted to us to do on a daily work. Whether at home, in office, at work, whether for the children to do home school work uh, with their parents. In our sinful and human uh, my human mind that we think that is mundane, but it is, it is the things that you have given us and trust us. It's like in the early days that you gave Adam to take care of the garden. It could be boring and mundane to him. But Lord, it is uh, the big difference when each every one of us go out to work and feel your presence in our daily job, in daily work, whether at home, in office, in church. And Lord, as we gather here the last Sunday of the year 2020, Lord, our eyes can easily pay attention and focus on the things that are broken down, the pandemic, the loss, the pay cut, the pain, the distance from family, and so on. We can, we can count many of that things, Lord, as, as all the unbelievers, they will counting. They, they, they are counting that. Lord, as the believer, Lord, we count your blessing. We count that, Lord, we, 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 we recognize, Lord, even your backs and hear your voice. And, Lord, I pray that your people, the church, Lord, even be able to see your back, even be able to see your face to face. Lord, even though that we don't see your physical presence here, Lord, we know Lord, by faith that you are here with us. You are God, Emmanuel. And the way that you provide for every believer in you, the body of Christ, the physical body of Christ, that is the church. That is the person that is sitting right now, your brother, sister, and family, uh, the small group, the, the fellowship over after the service, the meal together, the coffee, the drinking, the, the, the prayer, the crying out, the sharing, the, the sharing what, it, what has happened to, you, to each one life. Lord, it's the vulnerability, Lord, the, uh, the openness, the honesty, that when we do that together, your presence amplify, exemplify, and magnify and it will allow us to be able to journey uh, as we, are, we have received your blessing in this 2020, as your protection as well for this country and all of us here, and that we journey and enter in 2021, Lord. May we continue to sense not just one Sunday, once a week, but every day, every hour. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for those who are feel lonely right now or watching online or they just self-quarantine themselves because of different struggle they have, whether depression or whether it's just some struggle in a relationship or just feel down, just don't know what Christmas is about, don't know what life is about, loss in direction, orientation. And Lord, may this day, today, is the day that they begin to make an end in their isolation, make an end in their lostness, and begin to trust you, begin to trust your word, begin to open up and connect to the body, begin, begin to uh, uh, make this family a home, home, and make you as the head of the household. Lord, I pray for brother and sister who are watching online and pray for those who are sitting here, Lord. May, may this coming year, 2021, will be a year that everyone experience God, Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you so much, Lord, as you call us the faithful. You, you encourage us. The, the faithful, the righteous shall live by faith and not by sight. 
because our natural eyesight we can only see so far we don't can see at the, the, the at best one kilometers away at the dark night one kind of glimpse of light we can see that but lord help us to walk by faith that we begin, begin to see eternity from here lord we begin to see that you are with us you never leave us you never forsake us even though we sometimes don't feel that you're around we don't we don't our natural eye cannot see you but lord help us to know that we have each other we have the church we have brother and sister so that we can journey into this uh, this 2021 with even though we know it's uncertainty nothing sure nothing guaranteed about what year may bring but we can have the absolutely guarantee that you are with us we thank you lord in jesus name we pray amen amen thank you for listening we pray that you and your family are encouraged by these messages join us next time and do press the follow button on our profile page to keep up to date with the latest messages god bless you